You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show and my other show, Enthusiasts, plus to get the latest interviews, K-pop news, album reviews, and so much more, subscribe to the show's free newsletter at 17karatkpop.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi, everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. My best of April episode of the show ran so long, I decided to just make August D commentary a different episode because I have so much to say about it and I ran over last time. So now I will finally share with you my analysis, how I interpret August D's new album. And we're going to start with a bit of background on the Dechita era of August D, aka Sugar from BTS, with his alter ego. Historically, eons ago, you weren't allowed to be crowned a king if you had a scar that tainted you. And that was probably the meaning behind him with a scar on his face in the Dejita video, but he still has lyrics about being the king and the boss. He's defying that assumption that he doesn't have what it takes now, superficially. He raps about going from the basement to the penthouse. He says he can't wake up from the dream. He's still like Peter Pan, not growing up. He says his biggest enemy is the anger inside him. He wonders and questions his passion and how enduring it can truly be. He worries and grapples with fame. He says the moonlight is still the same, a lyric that will come back to mean much more. He also wrestles back and forth between telling himself, I deserve every good throw in my way, I've worked so hard to get here, versus thinking I flew too high, I'm getting cocky, and I don't deserve these titles. The Dejita video includes a sound that would go with a ceremonial walk of the king, and this Korean tradition is woven into his new video for Hegum. Higum is a traditional Korean string instrument. It was also in Dechita, and Suga honestly said he didn't think too much into the song title, but it does also mean to liberate, to free, and in Dechita he previously sang about feeling like he rose up like a dragon again. That freedom theme is there. He also says he didn't overtly take inspo from My Liberation Notes, a K-drama from 2022, but he did say he found it fateful that the drama came out and then he had been working on the album at the same time, and it showed him how his message would have this continued relevance and importance. I found fascinating, as I was reading all these interviews he did for this promo round, when he said this quote, Music certainly has the power, but we cannot be free. But he says we could still find power by, quote, being less conscious of other people's opinions, finding a way to make ourselves happy, unquote. He was asked kind of about, does music have this liberating power, as the song attests? And he says, no, it does have the power, but it actually doesn't free us. So does it have the power to free us? It has the power, but not necessarily to free us. That comes from stopping worrying about other people and pleasing ourselves. And that's at the root of this album. So much hurt and pain in this album, but it's D-Day. D-Day for the bad memories and the start of a new era. D-Day as in, it's the day his life is going to change as he moves past the traumas that have been pinning him down that he refused to confront in previous chapters. So his sense that he's the king feels more authentic now. He grew into believing, he faked it till he made it, this kingly status. But an interesting wrinkle in the Hagem video, the Yoongi, the version of him who plays the character in a formal suit, who's basically carrying out the hit on the casual wear version of him, he is the scar, and long story short, dies at the end. Casual wear Yoongi outsmarts the hitman and kills him. 
And the hitman had the scar. So the scar that before was like reclaiming the symbol of royalty is now his downfall. Like maybe that version of him did get too big headed. It's also interesting, this video, how the two roles he plays are not really Suga versus August D. They're both tough guy August D in a way. So it's like another alter ego is added to the picture. Just different outfits. It's just August D versus professional August D. It's just like weekend versus in the office day August D. And they fight very intensely. It is quite a graphic video, just for super squeamish people. Not actually quite graphic, but kind of. It's got fighting and weapons, and they fight back and forth, him against him. He literally bathes in money while the other guy has a gun to his head. He casually, though, just takes the cigarette out of his mouth, starts a fire with it. For a split second, the Yoongi who is smoking appears to have been taken aback, but he quick jumps into plan B. They're both quick thinkers, so it really does play out like an action film where he does play several characters. Back and forth, they have the upper hand. In the end, the formal wear one dies. The casual wear one starts and ends the story in the same noodle shop. Cool as the other side of the pillow about it. Like nothing just happened. I don't know if it was technically this, but I just had a flash of a vampire straw when Yoongi picked up a straw from a stranger's order in the restaurant. Just to show he could. A power thing, I think. Vampire straws are like straws, but secretly they're kind of like daggers. They're weapons, but look pretty casual at quick glance. I don't know, I just thought that might be what he had or alluded to in that video, but could be wrong. It's just notable the cavalier attitude, the apathy he has towards murder afterwards when he goes to order from the shop. To me, the ending is meant to be just thought-provoking and ambiguous because he kind of won, but what do you win? A bowl of noodles? He got all the customers to leave, so now the restaurant's empty? Like, that's what he won for taking a life? To me, that's how I interpret it. Like, he really realized the stakes were not that high, and what did he win that he thought was worth a vengeance? Now he feels free, but what does freedom look like? I guess just casually sitting here, enjoying little pleasures of life. What I found more personally just resonant and stirring was the amygdala video, which is another one where you gotta be careful. There is some self-injury alluded to and shown, and he does have this self-created scar. The amygdala is part of the brain that processes trauma. And he goes through trauma in that song. He lives through his past trauma from real life. Not his character. His mom had surgery. His dad got a liver cancer diagnosis right around his debut. He injured his shoulder chronically before surgery, which kind of, I think, fixed everything. Fingers crossed. But he had a chronic injury due to a shoulder issue after his bike got rammed into on a delivery run. So he's been through it, and that's just the beginning. He's rapped about all this before. We won't go into all of it today, but he's lived quite a life and persevered, and he really is stopping to reflect on those past traumas he didn't unpack before. He opened up that box in his mind he refused to open before. He unlocks it, and one by one, he does recreate those traumas. So I really hope it was therapeutic rather than triggering when he filmed this video. Really hope someone was on set, a therapist or someone, that he had people to talk to while filming, because wow, was this intense. I don't think I could do this with my trauma. But he found ways to do that, and he divided himself again and tried to get back to himself. In this video, one version of him is on the couch, another is behind the door from the other side, who desperately tries to open the door, get to the other version of him in pain, but cannot console him. 
There's also kind of another version, though, because he gets up and turns around, and the version of him is still on the couch, like he's a spirit that just left that body. His life's kind of flashing before his eyes. He starts crawling toward the door, and the floor tilts to make it harder to climb upwards. At one point, it tilts so far, it's basically horizontal. The rain adds to his struggle to hold on. The video ends also just deep in thought. These characters are there, together but apart. They can't get closer, they can't fully save each other, but they put in the effort and tried, and they just sit in the downpour and soak it in, against their will. That's the feel I get from the songs too, not just these videos, that each song kind of ends in that place of not resolved, but on the right path for resolution. Mentally, just kind of in a pause place, a place in the middle between starting to heal and fully healing, saying, all right, let's assess, let's stop, let's not bottle this up, let's look at this emotion. This sucks, but we have to sit through it and bear it, deal with the discomfort instead of pushing it aside. The weapon from the Hagem video seems more meaningful and not just to dramatize the feeling, but also had a purpose symbolically when you look at the D-Day lyrics, where he talks about basically aiming your gun at who you used to compare yourself to. So I think it's more of a metaphor of don't aim at the inferior person, but aim at the traits that you cast on them. The thought that other people are superior, the thought that those people are better than you, shoot those things, those beliefs. He sings about the future being okay, and maybe the past is over, being reborn despite the world of hate. I love the lyric, Lotus flowers bloom brilliantly even in mud. He comes back to that flower metaphor later with this beautiful passage. As soon as you're released, open your new chapter. We are still young. Minimal effort for a better today than yesterday. What are you? There's no limit. The past is gone. The future is far away. What are you afraid of? The past is just the past. The present is just the present. It's hard 9 out of 10. We'll pass the maze and start a new beginning. Lotus flowers bloom again in a world covered with hatred. Okay, okay, okay. He just reassures himself to live in the moment and make peace with the past. It was interesting because his previous parts of this August D trilogy were steeped in more bitterness and resentment without resolution. And here, again, it's not full resolution, but it's a path toward healing he has not taken tonally before, where he does not just lash out and feel like fate is cruel, but he makes peace with fate, despite feeling like it's adversarial towards him. To me, the lotus flower blooming even in mud metaphor was most striking, as well as the fact in the pre-chorus he just repeats I can't remember five times. Like, he's singing about unpacking traumatic memories through this album. The repetition, I don't know, that just felt very intentional to me, to think he is trying to bring back up to the surface memories he has suppressed for ages, and that is really hard to do. Easier said than done. It's important to remember, too, the amygdala doesn't just store traumatic events, but that part of your brain stores fragments, fragmented memories. It's interesting to me that he does say, though, my amygdala, please save me, please let me out. He views it as a the only way out is through kind of a thing with these bad feelings. He again says, quote, what didn't kill me only made me stronger, and I begin to bloom like a lotus flower once again, unquote. The lyrics go from saying, let's unpack these traumas one by one, to let's kind of put them away and repack them one by one. Then let's erase them one by one. He basically therapizes his whole story. That's what therapy should do. It should be a safe place to do that. Music being his outlet for this, I'm just so happy for him. 
I love the lyric too. Things out of my control. Let's put in one by one. Like he's making peace with the past because there is this sense of what else are you going to do? You kind of shrug your shoulders like that's life. You can't go back in time. So for convenience's sake, we should give ourselves permission to stop grieving so much through suppressing our feelings. We should allow ourselves to feel worthy of the effort it takes to find a light at the end of the tunnel. We are worth that emotional effort. I think that's what he's realizing now. In Polar Night, he talks about black and white thinking and our society being quite generalizing. Some direct lyrics, if you're not on the same side, we're enemies. The world's BS, but you don't have to be. Open your eyes and see the real world. Between so many truths and so many lies, are we seeing this world right? The audience sees blood as they bite each other. Selective hypocrisy. Uncomfortable attitude. Interpretation that only suits my mood. Truth and lies are up to your taste. What do we fight for? It is all dirty. Am I also clean? It is all dirty. Are you clean? Hidden in anonymity. The murder of the cowardly people. All the harsh words are for you. Now you're trying to explain? How dare you? The cheap justice you've been calling for. It's not for those who bleed. Please face this uncomfortable line. What's the point of us fighting and hitting? Look at the end of the spear. To me, this whole song is kind of in the vein, only more intense and poetic, of BTS's early work, criticizing social media behavior and just this attitude towards each other that it's a dog-eat-dog world and we all see and smell fresh blood online. Honestly, this made me think of a tweet, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who said it, but it is so accurate, that basically said, Twitter is like when someone says they like dogs, another person says, oh, so you're saying you don't like cats? And then another person jumps in, your silence about horses is so telling. And that's pretty much what it is. It is taking what people say and putting it through the worst, most malicious interpretation possible, and finding all the negative things to bash about a post instead of just carrying on with your day. And and there's just a whole lot of gray area between a post that deserves a heated response and does not deserve that attention. And that's a conversation for another day in my other podcast enthusiasts. But the point is, this song's message is so apt for our times. Because people do walk through the world with this mindset that should be reassessed. Like, hey, not everyone is your enemy. If it feels like they said or did this thing that bugged you, now you're going to shame them for eternity. They're awful or they're a saint with no in-between. Human are not like that, which is why he sings, see the real world, not what you're seeing online. In the real world, when you say, I like dogs, people do not assume you are anti-horse or anti-cat. And I love that part of, remember who's at the end of the spear, if you point a weapon at someone, picture the face on the other side. Interesting that he did not follow that advice really in his video towards a dark part of himself, but I digress. He continues to grapple with the ambiguities of morality calls in the song People and People Part 2. Let's start with People. That was from a previous album. What kind of person am I? Am I a good person or a bad person? Many ways to judge. Just a person. Everyone live on. Everyone love. Everyone fade away and be forgotten. People change. There is nothing that lasts forever. Everything is just a happening. Discomfort is something everyone has to withstand. Who said people are animals of wisdom? For me, we are animals of regret. People change. There's nothing permanent in this world. Your ordinary became my special. Your special became my ordinary. My ordinary became your special. My special became your ordinary. In People Part 2, this thing called love, maybe it's just a momentary list of emotions. 
It's conditional. Wasn't loved enough as a kid. That's why I'm the cautious type. I want a sincere connection. Forever is like a sandcastle. It comes crumbling down at the calmest of waves. What is it about loss that makes us so sad? Really, it's the dread that makes us so sad. We're the ones who tore down the sandcastle. They say there are no winners or losers, but I'm always the loser. We said we'd give our all, but we tore it all down. And then we leave, because both love and people are selfish. So goes the person, and so goes the love. Selflessness can actually be selfish too. It's actually my greed when I say it's all for you. Will I be happy if I give up my greed? A half illusion that can never be fulfilled. They say life's a struggle between resistance and submission. I say it's a struggle against loneliness. If you can't hold it back, it's okay to cry. You're already more than enough to be loved. In both cases, People and People Part 2, he's singing about, It's okay to cry. Let out your feelings. It's temporary. Everything will pass. Nothing is forever. We will make each day count by not worrying about the future, by just making little everyday things special to us. Focusing on that, not the outside shatter. It's dread that makes people sad thinking about loss. Not the loss itself, because we always lose things. That's just the way of the world. Nothing is permanent. What makes us sad is the dread, the anticipation, the living in the future of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm about to lose something. This is too good to be true. And the fear, the fear of being so capable so easily of ruining your own good thing, tearing down that sandcastle at the lightest wave. Even something as seemingly all perfect as love can come and go like the wind. Which is why he says life is not about loving as much as just fending off loneliness and it's all about fear and dread. The dread of loss is about the dread of a companion through this world because the meaning of life comes from your present day being made special with the ordinary. The ordinary becomes special if you have that person in your life. So the fear of losing them makes sense because life is about that present moment that is made special by other people. So I think those songs are basically in conversation with each other. Both agree, yeah, it's terrifying to lose people. That's what I'm really afraid of because loneliness takes away the joy in everyday life. And we have to live every day. We can't live in the past or future. Community adds meaning to life, basically. It's an ode to companionship that is full of fear and wistfulness. Fun fact, Jungkook actually recorded For People Part 2. He worked on the demo, but they decided that IU would be better suited for it because he didn't want a BTS member on this collab. That's what he said to avoid BTS brand confusion. Yet he then worked with J-Hope on a different song, so I don't know. Sorry, Jungkook. He wrote Hagum while working on Dejita, and besides meaning to liberate and being the name of an instrument, it also refers to this type of game, rhythm music games. The Hagum songs in those games you can only unlock at a higher level. Again, his kingly pedestal position is at the forefront. However, he really has just an incredible rap in this song. I'm just going to read it word for word because, oh my gosh, this is so profound. I'm going to skip around a bit, actually, but wowzers, this is good. <laughs> freedom of expression could be reason for somebody's death. Could you still consider that freedom? Liberation from all that's forbidden, for all those in these unfortunate times. This song's simply about freeing what's forbidden, but you must remember to differentiate freedom from self-indulgence. 
Endless influx of information prohibits freedom of imagination and seeks conformity of thought. All these painful noises blind you, and now it even infringes on freedom of thought. All the controversy incessantly triggers confusion in judgment. What is it exactly that's been restricting us? Maybe we do it to ourselves. Slaves to capitalism, slaves to money, slaves to hatred and prejudice, to YouTube, greed. I close my eyes and it's easy. It's all so obvious. Opinions clearly split depending on what's to gain. Everyone's been blinded by envy and jealousy without realizing they're putting shackles on each other. Wow, doesn't that just sum everything up about the world? I love that point, that actually the overload, the saturation of information has flooded the zone and made it harder to think clearly. Ironically, the internet unleashed Pandora's box of overload. People now are warped and they don't know where to turn because of just such a massive amount of info. It's too overwhelming. No wonder there's confused judgment, this need to have black and white judgment calls, this need to make enemies out of people, clear characters, caricatures maybe. People villainize and caricature each other because they need to find some way mentally to sort through the sea of info. With so much out there, you've got to find a way to narrow down and understand the players in this world. And so going back to stereotypes is a way to do that. But by doing so, you are actually not freeing anyone. You're not contributing to a cause for greater freedom for all. You're putting shackles on yourself and others. Liberation is all tied up with each other's. That's my analysis of the song. He again critiques an era of misinformation and too much information and gossip in the song Huh featuring J-Hope. He flexes the fact they went to the White House and he's really started from the bottom. He said his inferiority complex exploded. He says that it's disgusting if you pretend to be clean. Back to that lyric about are you clean or dirty and the assumption everyone has that they are morally superior when we've all made mistakes. And he wishes well on even bad people. Shout out to J-Hope for the on the street lyric. Love a self-reference. The song Snooze features Wusun from The Rose and Ruichi Sakamoto, who recently passed actually, but he got to work with his hero before he did. It's this trip-hop song with piano. It's really beautiful and full circle for Suga because when he taught himself in the first place to rap and make music, he worked with Sakamoto instrumentals. And it's a beautiful song about snoozing, and he just went to eternal rest, and it's quite a fitting parting song, in hindsight, about always being there for someone. He's back to referencing this flowers blooming analogy. He promises you, just dream, keep dreaming, and you will bloom in full someday. Fate will be nicer to you. Good karma can happen. Time for direct quotes. I'm going to skip around, but these are the bits I found so poetic and profound. This road I've walked on, it may have looked like a flower road, but enemies everywhere. Know that it was a thorny road before you start. I hope you never forget the one who scatters flowers on the road. Don't forget the one who cries when you're laughing. When the hand that greeted you turned into a pointing finger, you can take a deep sigh and shout, you are no different from anyone else. Why did you choose this painful and lonely road? Never forget the reason. I hope your dream won't just be left as a dream. This is a battlefield, without gunshots, same colleagues are enemies. The cruel and beautiful good and evil, when wishes are blown away by the wind, it's okay, everything becomes memories and lessons when you look past. 
The world isn't very patient. Don't ever laugh at other people's controversies, because that might happen to you someday. Your success will be your leash and shackles. The feeling of walking on a tightrope will suffocate you. Just laugh out loud as if the world is leaving. Just hold on. Everything will be okay. He repeats eight times. Just felt meaningful, the number eight. He has a song called Eight with IU, BTS has seven members, and the eighth they sometimes joke is us, the fans. I don't know, felt meaningful. Maybe not, but eight times, everything will be okay. Two more songs to talk about. SDL is Somebody Does Love. This is another one that feels very therapizing, very much assessing what's happening, how do we get here emotionally. And he's really stuck thinking about the fact the past is the past. Some of my favorite lyrics, what is easily forgotten and lived is called love. Is it you that you miss, or is it that time on the other side of the glorified memory? Memories are bound to be glorified, as if it's already faded. We used to sing forever like a dream. Is it you that I miss, or is it the time when regrets remain? Love is pouring out in the spring day. The strong waves of the winter sea. Is it then that we miss, or is it buried in your memories? So I'm just trying to laugh silently. So in this song too, like the last one, he's talking about just laugh it off, smile away, just soak in the moment because are you remembering correctly or just a glorified version of the memory? I don't know, but we'll never know. So just laugh. Let's move on. Keep making those memories in the present. And the way to do that is to have that companionship, that love, the anti-loneliness that he's been sitting about this whole time, hence the song title, Somebody Does Love. That is what gives his present day meaning, and he's learning all that he has is that present day. Lastly, Life Goes On, notably also a BTS song title. He learns to make peace again with the past by saying, quote, Someone will be forgotten. Just do what you want. Time is like a wave. It will be washed away like the ebb, but don't forget to find me, unquote. Back to that sandcastle ocean wave metaphor here. He really keeps circling back to some key points throughout the songs. Really, really interesting, cohesive poem he has here. Quite a big epic poem. And he reflects on his career with this profound lyric. Quote, The place where I passed for ten years with countless wounds and glory. Looking back, each moment of memories, I've been running like it was the last time, but I'm still scared. I know this place right now, a place that will soon become a memory. Don't be afraid, because life will go on forever. Unquote. Wow, so he's basically, by learning to appreciate the present and make peace with the past and not worry about the future, now he learned how to view time as both always changing and forever. And he finds peace in the fact legacies endure. So overall, this is his best work yet as Augusty. I really think it is just so reflective and insightful, sharp, witty, but also just biting and clarifying and important firm critique of himself and society at large. It's at the micro and macro levels, a therapeutic, insightful, interesting analysis of our world today, a psychoanalysis, self-imposed and just on the collective, kind of a PSA, a warning sign, and a reminder that, hey, we are all navigating such a messy, shades of gray filled world, and we need to just show more compassion to each other and understand that whatever you're being nasty about to other people will not matter in the slightest. The past will be the past. It'll float away like an ocean wave. So focus on what has to do with that day-to-day legacy you're leaving. Don't get caught up in petty drama. Get caught up in making memories here and now, leaning into the love, curbing loneliness, reaching out, 
not letting fear, anger, a sense that fate is cruel against you, resentment, any of that stop you from enjoying the present day. Relinquish the hold it has on you. Find freedom on the other side. That, I think, is the ultimate message of this work. It's a beautiful work of art. I'm so impressed with him. That's my take on it, but it's so up to many interpretations, as was the point. So, very curious what your thoughts are, too. You're always welcome to share those with me. There is a comment box directly on Spotify, if that's where you're listening. Thank you all for tuning in to hear my take, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!